Hello and welcome to Empower to Empower Others Radio Show. This is your host, Valerie Morell, and I'm excited that you're with me today. We're going to share with you a word of encouragement, a word of empowerment, a word to motivate you to live your best life now. We want you to live life purposely. So get ready, get ready, get ready to receive all that we have for you today on Empower to Empower Others. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower to Empower Others. This is your host, Valerie Burrell. I am grateful, as always, to be with you on today. I am. I am. It is my prayer. I hope that everyone is doing well. Thriving. That's what I really pray for each of you on today. Our topic today is making disciples. Making disciples. And I guess when I I think about it, I, I termed it making disciples. Training disciples, growing disciples. Just the importance of understanding the work that we as a body of believers are to do. So I welcome you to join the conversation. Thank you for those who are on the phone lines. If you would love to join the conversation, of course, please press 1, and I will bring you live. For those who are in the chat room, you can leave your questions and comments, and I will address them um, as I can. So... I'm in Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to read starting at verse 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publicans, James, the son of Alphaeus and Labaius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These 12 disciples, these 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and to any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver, nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, (laughs) nor yet staves of his meat, my Lord. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. 
And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your word, when you depart out of that house or city, shake the dust off your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. That's a whole lot, right? That's a whole, whole lot. But I want to go back starting at verses 5 and 6. These 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, nor into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Them instructions, he prioritized their their strategy for what they were to do as he was sending them out. <laughs> that peace but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I think that sort of gets my attention on this day because I see a lot of people of ministries, but not really embracing the concept of being a disciple being one that will go out and compel others to come. In verse 7, he said, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, how many of you will agree with me that kingdom of heaven is at hand? I hear more people declaring now more than ever that we are in the last days. And my sentiment has been that every day that we've been here is a part of the last days because it's not the first days. But we are seeing signs of an impending end where people are more concerned about their foolish needs than they are being led by the Spirit of God. People are more concerned about the gathering than they are the souls. But how do you how do souls get one? How how does how does that happen? It happens when people are given the truth of the word. Go preach. Preach. Now when this Talking about preach, it doesn't mean that you have to have a collar. It's not saying you go through the process of being licensed, ordained, understanding that we are all, once we get saved, ministers of reconciliation. And if you're a minister of reconciliation, reconciling those who are lost to Christ, then preach, letting people know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Are we seeing 
people, heal the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out devils? Or is it about the concert before the, the preached word? I'm just sharing <laughs> as the spirit of God lay on my heart about multiplication, addition, subtraction, like how God does math because it blows my mind that we know math to be one plus one equals two. But sometimes I see God's hand, his love and his favor take one plus him, thousands and millions. One plus him. And I think the importance of the one plus him is that that one that connects with God, who's willing to be a disciple for the kingdom, one who focuses on God's plan for their lives, his original intent, You see then God doing that big thing. Uh, Pastor Tory Lynn Adams was a guest on a podcast a few days ago, and she shared how it's important that we think big. I think that we, as a body of believers, when we are as disciples it will allow us to think big as we walk in what it is that God has called us to we can expect big again I'm grateful for those on the phone line Um, if you would press one and come live I'd appreciate it just to share in this conversation your thoughts your perspectives Um, as you are disciples for the kingdom of God. Um, Well, (laughs) I'm thinking about this whole whole concept of being a disciple and um, doing the work, doing the work. I... I know ministers who can preach, will preach, teach, prophesy, do all those things, and some places they won't go. They just won't go because that place does not fit their criteria. It it doesn't it doesn't meet their demographic or. There are not enough people or you don't have enough social media or you don't have uh, television coverage and all of this criteria to come and release the gospel, to release the good news, to aid others in coming to truth about who God is and what God desires to do through them, they won't always show up. And 
I don't know. I have mixed. I have mixed feelings because I wonder then if it's about the money and the number of people. Are you being true to being disciple, being sent out by God to make an impact, or is this just your job and you know how to properly use a platform to get paid? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying anybody who is in full-time ministry, and that's what they do, because ultimately I'll be there in ministry full-time doing what God has called me to do. Um, But I also understand that we, as body believers, as ambassadors, as the disciples that are sent out to, to make an impact in the kingdom, we should have compassion. And in the notes it said, Jesus prioritized the mission to Israel Although he had already served the Gentiles in chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, we read, it would do so again, and would do so again, if we continue reading in Matthew 15. Jews were the main focus of the earliest Christian ministry, and we see that in Acts. God had a plan. He gave instructions, and he wanted them followed through according to what he spoke. Even in being sent, verses 9 and 10, Jesus didn't allow the disciples to carry provision like they normally did for a lengthy trip. The disciples had to trust that God would provide for them just as he's done in the Old Testament. I find myself there sometimes where God has spoken concerning a mission journey. At the same time, I know that God will make a way. God will provide for me, you, you and you. He will provide just as he took care of the disciples here, and even when we go back in the Old Testament, we see that God provided. I've heard it said before, and I know it to be true. If God gives you an order, provide. He will give provision for the promise. He will give provision for your purpose. But you have to trust him and move in it according to what he reveals and not in your own thinking. When you come into the house, salute it. Honor the house. And when it talks about it, the house be found worthy. Worthy. Those who were worthy would welcome the disciples and their messages. Those who were unworthy would neither welcome them nor listen. Sometimes we go in to places that honor the message, honor the word. That place is considered worthy. Then there are times that we'll go into places that they don't want to hear what you have to say. They don't want to hear truth. They don't want you to acknowledge what's taking place. 
that's contrary to the will and plan of God. The instructions don't receive it. When you leave, just shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. Don't dwell on it. Don't keep harping on it. Don't get a spirit of discouragement because nobody listened. Shake the dust off your feet and keep it moving. What is that saying, Valerie? That's saying that it's not going to always work. It's not going to always be that joyous occasion when everybody's high-fiving and slapping and giving hallelujahs and glory to God. It's not going to always be an exciting, epic time. There are going to be times that you're confronted with people who don't want truth, who don't want what you have, who will not celebrate the message. But as we're being made daily, we can't get distracted by that moment. You have to take it for what it was or what it is. Grow from it and keep moving. I'm of the mindset with this ministry that God gave me years ago. It wasn't just to have people that would call in to a prayer call or call in to a Bible study or call in to a teaching, but it was about empowering individuals so that they can, in turn, empower others, making disciples, giving individuals the tools they need, the clarity they need. Speaking from the inside of them as kingdom ambassadors, fueling them with the fire they need to move forward, to go into territories that have been underserved, to go into places that are dark, to bring light and truth, to make an impact and not just show up. That's how I was passionate then. I'm even more passionate about it now. I don't need a fan club. I don't. I was listening to a a radio commentator earlier today, and he was encouraging people to go on Instagram and follow him. And he said, if you listen to instructions, I should have 10,000 new followers by the end of the weekend. And I said, Is it that important? Is it that important that you have 10,000 more followers by the end of the weekend? And if you do, because that's cool, are you going to be making an impact? Or are you going to just have followers? Are you just having a fan base that you want to celebrate? Yeah, I got so many followers. But are those followers being positively impacted by what you share, by what you do. I, I, I have been sent to empower others. I understand that. This ministry was first to empower people, to give them truth, to walk in what they've been called to do by God, not by us. But I understand it better today that as 
God has discipled me, I'm also being responsible in discipling others for the kingdom. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. And now more than ever, we have to be intentional about what we do, about where we go, and about what we say. Are we preaching the gospel? Are we giving them the good news? Are we? Are we living the life in such a way that men may see that we are who we say we are without saying a word? Are we loving like we should? Just questions. Because I want I want each of us, each of us to the sound of my voice, to really hear God, to know that he desires that we make a difference in the kingdom, that we're not just here, but we're here with intent. We're here with purpose. We're here desiring to go get the lost. We're desiring to release the truth of the word, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I believe we desire to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to cast out devils, because we have freely received, and we should then freely give. It's not about the numbers as much as it is about the impact. It's not about how much money they can give you to preach. But it is about if one person's life can be changed, person's life can be touched because of your obedience in doing what God sent you to do then God will reward you. I believe that with everything that's in me. I can state that because I I know it to be true. God will take care of you as you do what it is that he's called you to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the callers who are joining. Um, If you would like to share, you have a question, we have a few moments left. You can press one and I can bring you lives. But empower to power, empower others, y'all. That's my motto. That's what I stand on. And today I share with you, each of you, if you're a leader, lead them appropriately in the kingdom, raising them as disciples to be sent to do the work that God has called them to do. Making an impact. Seeing the manifestation of God's power in their lives. That's what it's about. Let's make a difference. Let's empower and love while we're doing it. I say love and blessings to each one of you. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today for Empower to Empower Others.
certainly hope that that message encouraged, motivated, and empowered you to live your best life. We look forward to you joining us again for our next episode of Empower to Empower Others. Love and blessings to each of you.